Here we go. The three amiibos are here, recording for you. If you play the games, you can join in too. Put your hands together. Give them a rub as we take you to Donkey Kong Games Club. Huh, DK. Donkey Kong. The crew is back. You know them well. Connor, July, and Jeremy will kick some tail. We'll cover eight games every other week. Otacon will piss himself like a freak. From arcades to tropical freeze, this games club will meet all of your needs. Huh, DK, Donkey Kong, PA. Patreon.com. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash super NPC radio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier to hear each episode of the Donkey Kong Games Club. Patreon.com slash super NPC radio at the $10 DJ Toad tier. What's that? It's gonna be bananas. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, if you listen to it, you might know that we talk about as much about playing the game and what our guests might remember about their time with it as we will about the context of when they had this meaningful time with it for the first time, maybe they revisited it, who knows? We'll find out as we talk to them. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you want to support the show, you can do that a few different ways. We're on social media on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod and on Twitter at callmebyyourgame. But on Twitter, there's just one Y in the username, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see the fun uh, art that I make for every episode, see when we have episodes releasing, learn about our guest and how you can possibly support them, uh, and yeah, you can engage with us there. So check us out on both those platforms. Uh, you can also support the show by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can do that wherever you listen, but I only see the Apple ones. Uh, so I'll read those on the show if you do them. And if you do another one, I, I don't know, tweet at me <laughs> and let me know and I'll, I'll shout you out. Uh, you can share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or have a specific affinity for this one we're talking about today. And lastly, you can support us on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, and there you can find a ton of other bonus video game content uh, from the creators of Inside Video Games and Gaming. Uh, video Inside Video Games. I just said that name wrong, but who cares? Inside Video Games Classic, the reactivators in this show. And uh, currently we're going through our Donkey Kong Games Club. So if you like the Donkey Kong series, we're covering uh, eight games it's mostly the country stuff because that's the majority of what's come out, and we're about halfway through. So if you want to follow along uh, and hear what we have to say about those games, 
you can support us at the $10 DJ Toad tier and wow, you'll have some bonus <laughs> podcasts for yourself. Um, that'll do it for the housekeeping. And we'll finally introduce our guest for this episode. Please welcome to the microphone, Zach Oyama. Hello, uh, it's me, Zach, and it is good to be here. Wow. Just, just made me think back to all the Donkey Kong Country games I've been playing and uh, played in the past. Well, and it's, um, I could take about 10 minutes just to daydream there. Uh. Hey, you know what? We'll go ahead and give you those 10 minutes. We'll sit in silence unless, you know, you're having your, some f- noises come out of, of fonder memories, whether it's mm. a hmm or a oh. <laughs> Just 10 um, minutes of oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how quite quite how good it'll be for like podcast material, but it's s- some freaks yeah. out there will like it. <laughs> I think it's um, an easy cut. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know it'll be a pay- bonus Patreon content for sure. Uh, the weird the the weirdest thing we've ever released on our Patreon the, the Zakayama ten minute cut. Mm. Um, oh. I, like speaking of which, um, uh, are you did have you played a handful of the series? Do you have like a favorite Donkey Kong game that stands out? Yeah, I mean I played. Um, I think like I'm so bad at remembering the specific names of them, but like yes. Donkey Kong Country, whatever the this SNES. One. How many were on the SNES? I don't even remember, but... Uh, there were three. There was Con- Donkey Kong Country. There was two, which was Diddy's Conquest, mm. the really clever title. And then uh, three, which was Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. I've probably played the second... I mean, the the first one I played the most. The other two, I probably mm-hmm. played a little bit, like maybe yeah. rented it at a friend's house or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that first one, I feel like I have that like SNES, um, not emulator, the just the little classic mini thing yeah. that uh, came out a couple years ago. And that's on there, I think. It's, it is. I love that thing. And that's actually where I had like, I think the bulk of my first real experience was, you know. I don't know, close to 20 years after it oh, came wow. out. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. It's funny to play um, something that you know is primarily good to a lot of people for the nostalgia's sake, but yes. for the first time. It's like watching a 90s movie you missed. Or, you know, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, I could go, I could get into it, especially having um, been playing a lot of those games right now. I'm currently playing Donkey Kong 64. Also which, amazing. That's probably the one that I played second most. Um, yes. Yeah. I don't think I it's ever beat one, it, but it was a very fun game. Got very far. I, I know I have not beaten it either, and I'm I'm pushing myself to do so. And it the game does this thing where it, I think it's so charming. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the mechanics of the game, but they really stretch out the time that you play it because of the five different Kongs. You have to switch between constantly to collect all the stuff a little clunky yeah yeah like there's a lot i really enjoy about it but now as i'm i'm in like the fifth of like seven or eight worlds they're just making it bigger and spreading everything out and um i'll save it for the actual episode we release (laughs) but it is really fun and this is the one i have the most nostalgia for um anyway i love the donkey kong country (laughs) segment uh thank you for helping us uh just just give the listeners a little taste <laughs> of what they can get there. But Happy Zach, to. I I know you through the – like I know the majority of the guests on the show through the Los Angeles improv community. Oh, yeah. I, I can't pinpoint – I could take an educated guess on when we met. I would assume it was when we both were on Mess Hall in spring of 2017. I would – I'm assuming that. But I definitely got to see you perform before that. 
Um, and then since then of just like, you know, we've both sort of been around the theater yeah. and you've been performing there for a while. And that's how that's how we know each other. But I don't know. Is Can there I any insider of, information that any, I'm Any missing? insider uh, info for the fans and how this, <laughs> yeah. we, we started, we struck up a friendship. I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like some meeting so many people at, in you know through the improv comedy scene is like yeah you, you meet thirty people at once all the time yes. and so yes. it's just impossible to like keep straight exactly when uh, like I and often yeah. who who yeah exactly <laughs> as I last night I mean we are we are currently in the and don't worry the listeners used to a lot of improv talk <laughs> on the show um, we are currently in the midst of. Uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade reopening, yeah. and uh, I, I saw that you were there the other day, and I was around yesterday for a friend's birthday, and then just just went to the the bar next door, mm-hmm. Birds, and it was I was having that experience where a lot of people, most people, I recognized, I remember, I knew well, and then there'd be the occasional person that either I was almost certain I had never knew who they were. And they would be like, hey, we're from, hey, what's we know up? each other. And it's like, well, have we actually been introduced to each other? Yes. And, or just, you know, the, the march of time has gone on and we just fully forgot. <laughs> Which is, cer- it is certainly possible. So yeah. I, that's as happy as I am to be back there and be seeing a lot of people I really care about and missed for a couple of years. Uh, I don't miss the confusion sometimes <laughs> of that familiarity. Going back to UCB and like hanging out with people backstage or popping over to a bar nearby or something like that, like it, uh, it nothing is more. Um, you have the most possible quarters of a conversation. You yes. know, like uh-huh. you have like, hey, what's up? How is it? good to see? You? And then like. Another person, you know, walks up and that was as much as you talk to something like that yes. happens for three hours. It and really then does. and then you're like, well, I guess I saw a bunch of people <laughs> and and like, I have to go. Ha- like barely yeah. talked to a few. Of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's funny. And I guess I'm just going to have to get used to that. Uh, Very dizzying to jump back into. Definitely. Um, I don't I don't know about you. I've done a little performing uh, over the last year, like maybe mm-hmm. a show a month or so. Um, so I've but I you know, it's not quite how it used to be where it was just multiple nights a week doing that. So I don't know what your experience has been like over the last year, but uh, it's, it, I don't know, it's like dipping my toes back in the water. It's certainly interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think for the last maybe a little less than a year, probably mm-hmm. uh, the Herald team that I was on Yeti has been yes. doing shows um, independently of the theater, like put in our own sort of pop-up shows here. We, we just finished... We, I think by the time this is out, we'll, we'll have another show at the Elysian in October. And yes. I've done that. But um, uh, that's been really fun to just like kind of have the, um, I, you know, like it's it's definitely fun to do shows at UCB and, mm-hmm. and be within the system of that. It was, it's been very fun to just be like, this is just a thing we do on our own that we don't really, really have to put as much pressure on. Or maybe it's just it feels a little different for a variety of reasons. Um Definitely interesting in that, like, you're not seeing, like, you know, what feels like busloads of people, you know, leaving as busloads of people, you know, getting there. And it's, like, very (laughs) contained and then it's over. So, like, doing monthly shows like that has been very manageable for me. Awesome. (laughs) It was just, it's just shocking to be back at UCB where it's just, like, there's just so much happening constantly. 
Yes, and I, I, I my my relationship with improv has changed uh, as I think a lot of people's have in the last mm-hmm. two and a half years since the pandemic arrived, um, and so it's it's interesting to have more things pop up and me to manage my sort of uh, this is very we're very inside baseball and I, <laughs> I, I know people are loving it. Um, it's just to manage like my time and what I what you say yes to um, exactly. All that being said. Um, it is fun to be back and to be, uh, having a chance to just see, see people again. It's great. Yeah. I gotta, I, sometimes you gotta turn down a show to play some video games. <laughs> hey, and don't I know it? And, uh, I'm going to be doing that. Yeah. Um, well, so that's, you know, how we're, we're familiar with each other is through that, that whole space. Uh, mm-hmm. A ton of our mutual friends have been on the show that people are familiar with, including, including Yeti's Victoria Longwell. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, Was who, it, I've, Victoria re- weirdly loves Soul Calibur, right? Is yes, that, she talked about Soul Calibur too. Such and a I, specific game. Yes, and I, I remember just like her getting into, she loved the lore of it. <laughs> Which I couldn't have told you anything about having rented. I think I, being a Nintendo kid, I rented the GameCube version for like a weekend yeah. just because I had to play as Link. It was really like periphery. Like, oh, yeah, because like they had the GameCube had Link. Mm-hmm. One of the other ones. Yeah, it was like very Sega had its own specific one. And and what was it? PlayStation. Xbox Could you be well. like an Xbox? OK. Yeah. Or no, yeah. maybe I think you're right. Maybe it was the Dreamcast. Um, But Either way, yeah, it was so that was that was funny. Actually, ran into Victoria this morning. Uh, how funny! Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that's how we know each other. But what do you want to share with the with the listeners about yourself? Anything you've been up to? Anything you even feel like promoting? Gosh, um, what have I been up to? I, you know, I I do a uh, dabble. I got a couple things going. <laughs> Um, I just finished working on this current season that's airing of home economics on ABC. It's a congrats by the way. Yeah. It's been, it's been very fun. It's like, um, you know, uh, first like kind of network writing job and it's, it's cool to, to see how that gets made and, and, you know, be a part of that. And that was, that was really fun. And, uh, before and kind of, you know, the other kind of stuff that I guess I spend too much of my time doing is, uh, college humor's formerly college humor streaming service dropout yes. has like a you know a couple of shows that I do like they uh, do Dimension Twenty the D and D show there and yeah. uh, uh, also do a lot of the Game Changer shows which are just like kind of a variety of like weird you know kind of new shows every time and like and one that's like uh, called Make Some Noise that's like very um, uh, just sort of like an improv game that's been very fun and all that, that stuff's might... all over TikTok. <laughs> oh, that I was yeah. gonna say that might be the one I've seen different clips of you and other and other friends of the show on uh, doing brief improv games. I think recently I saw a clip of you because they'll like I, and I don't want to butcher how the how the show goes, but they'll mm-hmm. give you a prompt of either a character or something to play. Is mm-hmm. what I'm gathering from the from the yeah pretty that's pretty much what it is. It's always like a very specific scenario that you yes. have to like improvise or whatever. I, I just I recently I was thinking about one I watched of you and how you were so I was like felt like I was learning improv again. I was watching you be so patient with the way you just sort of delivered your first line and sort of the drop of the joke, and then how you were just patiently also started to build it as well. Mm. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's one of the reasons I've always liked watching you perform was like, <laughs> but I got to see it in like a 
truly like a 45 second clip. <laughs> I it is like I feel like with improv stuff, I mean it's for me personally a big challenge has been to slow down cuz like <laughs> when I when I'm not slowing down, I'm like trying to talk faster than I can think and it's like uh, 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 and that's like, well, I don't know what I'm saying and it Sounds seems like I don't know what I'm saying. So like <laughs> when you slow down, you can at least pretend like you know what you're talking. <laughs> You know what? That's something I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm going to take a page out of that book. Do uh, it. Yeah. Because I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I, sorry, that was, uh, I interrupted you sharing about that one of those shows just to to share that. I think I was at the end of the the road there. (laughs) Yeah. Those, that's kind of what I've been up to. I I was doing some, I did have my own podcast for a little while where I was doing a a D and D podcast called the rotating heroes podcast that was on Patreon. Not doing that right now. It's just definitely like a lot of time and work. And though it's very fun, I, I, I spent way too much time editing that podcast and, you know, writing the adventures for it. So yes, that's a lot uh, of work. That's a full job almost. It, it basically was, yeah. yeah. So while I'm doing all this other stuff, it's uh, you know, been on uh, indefinite pause. But um, yeah, that's generally what I've been up to, and then performing at UCB and live theater stuff. I love it. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of us, wearing a lot of different hats and doing a lot of different stuff. I I find at least for myself, I have so much that I'm interested in mm-hmm. that it's really the challenge is to just like be consistent with one thing to like see it through. Um, Otherwise, and, you're switching between all your Donkey Kong characters. And, and you know, <laughs> we're back to the perfect. That is the perfect analogy there. Uh, wow. I feel like I'm seeing it all in front of me now. <laughs> Because uh, uh, today I'm Chunky Kong, but yesterday I was spending a long time being Dixie looking for purple bananas. I um, really feel that that does that is weirdly accurate to just yeah. trying to get shit done when you are, you know, uh, your own boss sometimes. <laughs> yes, especially being someone who, you know, loves video games and has really enjoyed making a lot of content for it. But is like, I also want to be writing and acting for television and making my own stuff. You get, you get it. Ex- exactly. Totally um, understand. But, well, hey, thank you so much for sharing about yourself. Anything um, that you either plugged or will plug at the end of the show, we'll put a link in the show notes so the listeners can just click. Oh, yeah. Um, And just real quick, I forgot to mention that um, I think we probably reconnected during the pandemic because, like, I was streaming and then you started streaming. I don't know if you're still streaming or anymore. I've I've taken a a bit of a break from that, but, like, have, you know – May or may not stream again sometime soon. Yeah. It's, it's fun, but definitely a lot of work. And and that and, and and talking about switching between our characters, that's that's one of those things where I'm like, should I do this? Uh, I got to do that other thing, actually. Absolutely. I have had a similar relationship with streaming where I think it was no surprise that as things opened up more and it felt a little more safe to uh, you know be out in the world more than I was, that I like hadn't streamed from like January until like September this year. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm going to get back into it. So I have, I also, I just quit my job. So I've have like, oh, wow. I'm taking like three months uh, to focus on all this other stuff and see just cool. what I can do with that time. One of those things being like, I want to have another, a consistent schedule, even if it's just like twice a week. So yeah, totally. Um, but I do remember watching you. I think this was like right before the pandemic, you playing, the Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot and, about that. Which I was planning to get anyway, but watching you play it, I was 
sold and I ended up did you end up playing through that game? I bought the game and then it was one of those things where like I took a trip and came back and I forgot where I you know like <laughs> yes. and then it was like yeah it's like it's like putting down a book where you're just like what is even happening anymore? Totally. Um so I got to like having did you play the original as well? I have played I've dabbled in the original for mm-hmm. a long time. I've only ever played up right until a certain spoiler happens that I don't want to okay. say on the airwaves that you can probably <laughs> know what it is. So I think I know what I you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, well, I got to, there's this part in the game, uh, a small spoiler where like cloud has to like sneak into this bad guy's oh, place. I, and you, yes. and you like, I, I think you, you, you have to disguise yourself as, as a like, as a woman to get I, into this place. Yes. And, and, and you're like, you have these kind of like, you have a plethora of options to see like how successfully you disguise yourself or not. Uh-huh. And, uh, I just, just got to that portion of the remake. Uh, oh, yeah. and then I put it down when I, uh, took a trip and then I was like, Oh yeah, well, this is where I'm at, but I just got a PS five. So I'm probably going to oh. pop back in. Yeah. Uh, that is, that's exciting. It's, it, I ended up loving it all the way through. I uh, mm-hmm. was really surprised, even having not finished the original game. But again, it's it covers only like a third of that mm-hmm. original. So um, that was just tying back to this whole streaming connection. Yeah, yeah. I remember that was the first thing I saw you stream. Uh, but yeah, was that all? All you did, did you get to share about yourself? What you wanted to? Oh yeah, that's everything. That's okay. all. <laughs> I'm done. Awesome. <laughs> um, well, so we're gonna pretty soon talk about your general history with video games but before we do would you tell the listener uh, what game you've brought on to discuss for the main event in the second half of the show absolutely well uh when we were talking about this and like what game you know what game i wanted to remember fondly or you know just like (laughs) kind of just wax on uh I, i couldn't think i mean the one game that felt extremely specific to growing up for me was uh the legend of the mystical ninja um for super nintendo which uh i played at a friend's house growing up all the time oh, and wow. uh, you know it's just classic um playing games with your friends in elementary school for me oh man uh well i'm really excited to hear about your experience with it especially being a, a franchise i have genuinely no experience with but i'm mm-hmm. familiar with this and the n64 one so i'm really excited to get into it um, but let's talk about your general history with games. Do, and I want to start with, um, like early on, do you remember at all, uh, taking like an interest in video games as a kid, or was that something that they were just around and a part of your life? There's, um, I, th- yeah, I have two older sisters and I don't even remember. I think my dad is from Japan. I, I don't, I don't remember if that's why we got a Nintendo so early or or what, but we had a like. There's a picture of me as, I don't know, a three year old. Wow. Uh, where there in our like living room or you know den TV, there's a, a Nintendo hooked up to it. I am four inches away from the screen, <laughs> uh, but it's like kind of raised up, and I'm craning my neck. You know how like have you ever heard the anecdote of like turkeys can drown in the rain because they look up at the rain and like yes. and it just goes down their throat and they and they drown. Yeah, uh, I have that posture if you can imagine <laughs> what that is. Looking at the TV, looking at Mario. I think it's in my like Twitch page. Like it's it, like one of the I'm like little buttons or something. Almost certain I saw have seen this, but saw it yeah. two years ago. And uh, like I, I remember like I kind of remember this weirdly like just. 
or at least the discussions after of like, yeah, we were all worried about your neck because you wouldn't <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> it's classically too when we were very, very young and controller cords weren't very long and TVs no. were small and very high up. You were you were close to the TV and you were you were doing this bird neck thing. And you were happy to be that close to that TV. Oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> want to be far at all. So basically, I mean, I um, I can't really remember a time not being around video games, yeah. really. Um, That's exciting. And I've always just been, I, I think like, I don't, you know, I'm kind of the ADHD kid, got the diagnosis, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Um, oh, wow. But like, I think, uh, you know, you know, for the scatterbrained person, Something about the order of a video game simplify, you know, like you can really lock in. And that's always been true for me. I've always like been able to just play it for too long. That's great. Uh, I love playing something for too long. So <laughs> I, I can relate to that. Um, well, so, you know, from this early period, do you remember um, some like other important games or games you really enjoyed starting out? Gosh, well, you know. Remember getting a Super Nintendo. I remember uh, we just we had we had a Super Nintendo and a Sega, uh, and then I, I was kind of a, a you know uh, I had I I invested a lot of time and energy in getting consoles. I, yes. I like I you know I, I at the risk of seeming like a spoiled brat, yeah. there was a time <laughs> when we had, I eventually had you know. N64, Xbox, and a PlayStation. Wow. Um, the dream. Where it was like, I just, I, I was, I was cooking. Yeah, um, you were swimming in it. <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I played all the like N64 classics. Well, oh, weirdly, nice. Mario 64 is kind of a blind spot for me, but oh, wow. um, I just, that was like, you know, sometimes there were games that you just didn't own and that mm -hmm. was just kind of how it went and you would play it out of friends. Actually, Le Legend of the Mystical Ninja is like that. It was always at my friend Zach oh, Bullock's yeah. house. Um, never owned it myself. Uh, maybe that's why it was so special, but like played uh, all the Zelda games, yeah. all the, you know, like my, I think like as you play more video games, certain kind of weirder stuff becomes more on your radar. Like, mm -hmm like loving more active stuff like Zelda or, you know, side scroller kind of Mario stuff. And then like finding out about, you know, final fantasy seven and like learning like, Oh, there's this whole world of like RPGs and stuff. Yeah. Um, so just kind of dabbled in everything really. It's hard to, it's hard to narrow down on one. Yeah. That's uh especially when you've, it's seemingly from what I'm starting to gather, uh, has been like a regular part of your life for a long time. Yeah. It's that, that experience and the the number of titles is that list is enormous so it's it is hard to pinpoint i just remembered something very bizarre that me and my friend sam would do where yeah. his older brother figured out how to do this online or something where if you got a game shark for the playstation hopefully it's been long enough that no one will um you know arrest me or something but <laughs> think you, okay. you could burn the games and then bypass the like intro thing with this game shark and oh. so we would burn games that we got from blockbuster and oh, like wow. it wouldn't always work but there were mm -hmm. some games that i just had burned copies of that we could play incredible i know that yeah. i didn't know that that was a possibility on the playstation i I know when I think of like the Dreamcast, like Sega consoles with discs, mm -hmm. that's the one I think of, of like people were just like printing copies of, 
of yeah. games. There uh, was a thing you could do where you could get a Game Shark and plug it in the back of a PlayStation, put a regular game in, start it up, and then there was a spring that you had to put in the back of it that would make it think it's closed, oh. but but the the top was actually open. Uh-huh. And uh, once the real game started up and the Game Shark thing came up, it would pause the game. You take the disc out, you put in the burned one, and then close it, and then you could play the games. It was wow. very bizarre. That's it's it's funny to hear about like the tricks that people and we used to like pull off like that. And even hear, hearing you say you'd put a spring in it. It seems so funny to have like a, a tangible tool to use to like hack this <laughs> yeah, thing. Like who, did, who made this fucking spring? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's incredible. Do you, um, you know, from your history with gaming, do you look back on a specific console as like your favorite or most nostalgic? Gosh, I think, I, you know, there were those different eras, like elementary school was very much about like, uh, two play, you know, doing a lot of like two player co-op mm. where like my best friend and I, we would share nine words in a hang because we're just <laughs> <laughs> like zombies playing a, a, like a, like a two, you know, like a side scroller co-op, yeah. uh, you know, uh, super Nintendo game. Uh, I think there's like the adventures of Joe and Mac or something was one where yes. it's like you, you're those like cavemen and you fight dinosaurs. That was a fun one. Oh, wow. uh, but that, that, er- that was like, that's elementary school for me going into like going into junior high for me was, uh, LAN Xbox, like oh, Halo, yeah. where you'd all go to that, you know, same, same group of people, but now you can have like four consoles and 16 people and yes. it's just like a bunch of cords in a house and like a mad <laughs> mad parents <laughs> yeah and like why are you asking me to bring our tv over to this other kid's house like exactly uh, so like, to have no, enough... you can't do that yeah yeah oh that's that's fun i i that's how i got introduced to the xbox and i mean i, I was aware of it but i never played one mm-hmm. and was gen was just this morning talk reminiscing with my uh Telling my girlfriend, uh, to, much to the, I'm sure she was so happy. I was telling her about another. She probably that was cool. Is what you're about to. She was like, <laughs> "You're cooler and hotter than before." The more words that come out of your mouth, but uh, just reminiscing on a the, a sleepover I got invited to for a kid's birthday in in seventh grade, and they had Halo, and yeah. everyone was playing Halo, and I was just like, "What is this?" and changed like changed a lot. That, so that was a a, a big uh, you know formative game i mean you just that that was a new era halo totally. for sure um we we would all you know that that that's the only reason i got an xbox if, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i mean it was a yeah it was absolutely a system seller and i didn't ever have an original xbox but i was a very lucky kid uh to who will sound spoiled and say that for my 13th birthday i got uh my own personal computer because oh, yeah. I loved computers. I loved computer games. Oh, yeah. Uh, making like little movies on the computer. Uh, so, but that was a game I got for PC. So I was like a Halo PC, oh. one PC player. And that was, that was the only one I ever played on PC. But mm-hmm. so for a while, mouse and keyboard kid. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of never crossed that threshold when I was younger. Like I didn't. Well, a bit, later on in high school, I played World of Warcraft. Okay. And so that's what like my mouse and keyboard experience was. But it was always like I had a really like junky PC. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it was just like the, that whole world of like PC gaming was like 
way too intimidating and expensive for me. And when, yeah. when consoles were so ubiquitous with like kids playing games at the time that yes. like, I didn't like now, now it feels like it has shifted where like kids want a PC to game. Totally. I, I think I had a outside of that one PC and a handful of games that I played. I had, now I'm feeling I'm feeling that today where it seems intimidating to get into PC gaming now mm-hmm. for me. Uh, even though yeah. I I think that it's actually been very simplified and especially during the during like 2020, I was hearing about so many people building PCs. <laughs> um, but anyway, just that was my favorite segment where I make the show about about me and it no, will continue I, to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, I, um, I'm curious to hear. But after so. Yeah, I think we got there because I was just like, what was like some special or like most memorable consoles for you? But you were just yeah. talking about that like time where you the had era, like the big yeah. three. Yeah, those, that was very fun. I, I, take me back. You know, <laughs> it's it's it is so much fun to reminisce about that stuff. A um, couple more questions for you about your history with gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like do you, have you ever had a, a period in your life like uh where you haven't played i like to refer to this as like a dark period where <laughs> where people like ourselves who have been playing games our whole lives have taken like a decent chunk off just sort of curious yeah i think like i uh you know when i moved to la after college and was like work, you know, doing like the assistant and PAing kind of stuff, and like yeah. coming up through through that um, period of my life where it was like just trying to get like professionally started. Yes, um, gaming did take a bit of a backseat, and I was very lucky in that when I was I was working on uh, Key and Peel, and that was like a, a PA and then assistant there, and I was like working for both Keegan and Jordan. What was funny was that they would. Uh, I, I, I think I kept up with games more than I, I probably would have at all just because I didn't have any time because like they did a thing for Xbox and they did a thing for Nintendo and they got just X like one day, like Xbox one or, you know, the Xbox 360 S or something like that. What I forget the era exactly. Cause that kind of was the, the period of gaming that I glossed over most. Yes. Uh, but I got like a new Xbox and a oh. Wii U for free because Keegan <laughs> didn't give a shit and didn't want it. And so I was like, that's uh, incredible. It was just like he, he knew he wasn't going to play it. And so like that's like probably like a few years of just like kind of not really playing. And then those were just like gifted to me in a way that I was like, well, I'm going to fucking play some, you know, Louis, you know, Mario totally. weird kind of like Mario Party games. They had a weird game on Wii U that wasn't Mario Party that, that kind of felt like it. Was uh, was it Nintendo Land where there's a lot of Nintendo like sort of I think mini so. games? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was like a Luigi's Mansion one where like yes. you could play five players. I think uh, so. Yeah, because one person has like the like essentially what is a switch now and yeah. everyone else is like running around. It was a fun concept, but like I understand why maybe that didn't catch on. <laughs> yeah, I think they were definitely hoping hoping that it would be their sort of Wii Sports for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I I had a lot of fun with that in like a party scenario too, but it just didn't catch on. Uh, yeah. But that Luigi's Mansion one is the one I remember the most specifically. Yeah, because uh, it was like, it does like make you a little scared. Like it creates like a very fun atmosphere of like uh, spooky kind of 
running like I, I I'll I'll be honest I would get very high and play this game and uh <laughs> everyone would be scared and high and yes <laughs> running from a ghost just really um, amping up those feelings and emotions yeah um but I think what has gotten me into gaming again was I got a I think when I got a switch like what made me like really like get back into games like when I was a kid and just be like too obsessed with it was probably Fortnite um, oh, I got really into that and like just like trying to get good at that game and like, uh, you know, it, it was it is kind of carried over to today where I, I, I care. I play way less and I care about it way less, but yeah. like was very invested in, in Fortnite for a second. Wow. I I have some friends who it's a game I've only downloaded and because it's it's free to play and mm. have like dabbled in. But I've had some friends recently who've been like, God, I'm actually kind of getting into Fortnite lately. It's become uh, like a weird thing where playing Fortnite with people is like weird, a weird thirties hobby uh, <laughs> where, where it's like, well, none of us are that good, but yeah. it's like four people basically talking on the phone, running around an Island, yes. you know, like, so it's like, it becomes, I don't know, like a casual, like chill way to hang with friends. Yeah. For me, I had a very similar experience with Fall Guys when it first came out. Yeah, would Fall Guys is great. Love that game. Would meet on Zoom and just like, who can we get during the throes of 2020 to hop on? We'll hang out for an hour and a half, which is mm-hmm. about all the socializing I could do at the time. Yeah. Uh, and just hopefully one of us might win in a night and we'll see. Uh, yeah. Gosh, that's fun. So, I mean, the last question I was just going to ask you was, if there had been a game um, recently that you had a a fun time or experience with that you wanted to share, but would that be Fortnite or is it a different game that you'd like? It's to interesting. I think it it's either Fortnite or Apex Legends. Like I've been oh, cool. playing Apex with with a couple of buds, and that like I do have a weird itch with that where I I get like um I'm like. I'm good enough to like take it seriously yeah. and in and, and a way that I don't want anyone in the world to see me play like this. <laughs> where I'm like, yes. you know, yelling like me, because you, it's just like, it's really fascinating to me. Like, I think on, on a different podcast, I talked about something that was a similar concept of like, it's, it's straight up Ender's game. Like where it's oh. like you, you, the like level of strategy and skill that is, ha- it's like, the bad the bad uh metaphor is the 40 chess of it but it's like (laughs) happening in real time like i i'm just truly amazed by how good people can be at that game yeah and like i'll i like to watch like professional people play that game because it's just it's just jaw dropping the level of like talent and strategy that happens at once yeah um and so i i you know when you play that game well and when you like win that win a like battle royale with like yeah. 60 people who are all like really really trying very hard and like there's no clear options but you can like figure out how to be the last one standing it's like very very satisfying that's cool that that's a game i constantly hear so many good things about i think that i'm pretty sure apex is the game that both heather woodward and iffy work on uh, yeah yeah in yeah some capacity so it's even like hearing from them what they're enjoying about just like working on it. It's mm-hmm. man, that's that's cool though. Uh, 
Well, Zach, thank you for sharing about, you know, just sort of like a brief general history. I'm sure there's, we could have just like spent a (laughs) half hour on every era. Exactly. um, From what I gathered, but it was still fun to get just a little taste. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into all things uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. So I'll see you on the other side. Amazing. is jeremy schmidt and i'd like to tell you about my podcast video games a comedy show this is you guessed it a comedy show about video games every episode a panel of video game liking comedians discusses a brand new topic the games they've been playing and best of all the news are there bits arguably way too many if you like to laugh and or like to play video games check out video games a comedy show anywhere podcasts can be found Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here with Zach Oyama to discuss uh, the legend of the mystical ninja. Zach, hello. Hello. It's good to, it's good. I can't believe there's, this world has space for me to talk about this. <laughs> and you know, I, when I started this show about three years ago, I was brainstorming. I, it was the thing I was looking forward to. I was like, in about three years, we're going to have Zach on because I know he needs this. He <laughs> needs this, not me. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited to be back. Um, before we get into, you know, your personal experience and any stories or anything you want to share, um, we're going to get into just what this game is and lay the foundation. Um, so I am, uh, like I told you before, just going to basically share like a Wikipedia synopsis of what please, this game please is. Please, please do. Yeah. Um, but again, if there's like anything uh, that you think would be important to uh, lay out in front, jump yeah. in any time or, or, or wait till the end, whatever you want to do. Well, it, I, I'll give you my brief connection to this game is like my you know one of the people that i was talking about earlier zach bullock is like my childhood best friend yeah zach and zach we play video games together all the time charming this this, (laughs) his house like uh we would you know go back and forth we you know play at my house or his house and he had some older brothers and so they had i don't know why he had this game like what what made them get it but they had legend of the mystical ninja at his house I've never seen it anywhere else ever. Wow. Uh, and, but we were obsessed with this game. And, you know, it's the perfect kind of two-player couch co-op game. Um, we has this, like, very specific box art that is not like the video game, yeah. like, art uh, that I can just, I just pictured in my brain so clearly. But, like, yeah, it's the game that I always, like, talk about as, like, having the most fond memories and also feel like every time I try to describe it, it sounds like describing a dream and it sounds yeah. like I made it up. <laughs> That's, it's, man, I'm so excited to hear even more in a little bit from you just because what you're, because A, you're describing a similar experience I had with my best friend who had older brothers and would mm-hmm. like to go to his house to play stuff, but just knowing that I have games like this too that are like, did I dream this or is this real? So, and I'm looking at the box art right now on the, on the Wikipedia page and I can understand why it felt like a, a weird fever dream you may have had. Cause it's, yeah. it's very interesting. Um, so as far as the game goes, I'll, I'll, I'll lay the foundation here a little bit. Uh, the legend of the mystical ninja known as Gonbear Goemon uh, mm-hmm. in, in Japan is an action adventure game by Konami. 
and was released uh, for the Super Nintendo in 1991. Uh, I didn't know this, but it was also ported to the Game Boy Advance along with this the sequel, but only in Japan. Oh, okay. Because I think that is interesting. There's a I, sequel. Wow. Yeah, I would have been. I was born in 1990, so I would have been like too young to have played this game. And I also sure. never the Super Nintendo for me was the console that my friend had that I didn't. So it, the mm. whole console was just like, what is this? Uh, yeah. So. But I would have th- – th- it makes sense that it was only released in Japan, the ports for the GBA, because I was a Nintendo Power kid. I had a GBA, so I would have known seen this it. one. You yeah. would have noticed this one. Yeah, they don't, wouldn't have got it past me. Um, it is the first game uh, in the Japanese video game series, Gonbert Goemon, uh, or Legend of Mystical Ninja, to have a Western release. Uh, it has also been released for the virtual console uh, in a few regions, including the United States. Um, and, uh, both on the Wii and the Wii U, I don't know if it's on the 3DS, uh, virtual console. Um, Yeah, I was about to say, like, I was curious if a virtual console, does that mean for a specific thing or just like in general? That was, so for like the, do you mean like where that Like, could I get that on a Switch if it says virtual console or Sadly, no. Uh, the Switch does this simultaneously cool and frustrating thing where they've got just like you know the libraries of games i i i I was paying for this for a second uh yes yes, i know what you're talking about but they don't allow you to purchase them which Hmm. is cool when you just want to sample games but if you know like you love one i would pay like five or ten bucks for an old game just to permanently have right but But that's just the business model nowadays is is that unfortunately oh man i could go (laughs) i could talk about this for a while i've got my opinions um for sure but so, yeah, it just was the, the virtual console was like Nintendo's online store that lived on the Wii, still lives on the Wii U and the 3DS, but that will be shutting down next March, I want to say. Wow. Um, okay. So uh, in in North America and Europe, this game was followed by two different games for the Nintendo 64. Um, there was first uh, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon in 1998 and then Goemon's Great Adventure um known as mystical ninja 2 uh, and that was in 99 and one of these is a sort of like ocarina of time style game i want to say that might be mystical ninja starring going on i and I, I played whatever that one is i think oh okay yeah. um and for the longest time i actually thought that was the one you were talking about way back I maybe, when we were, maybe did bring that one up to possibly. you possibly I I, that's very possible um i know that and it's one that i want to would love to like play or own mm-hmm. someday, um, just because I've heard such good things. Um, and in uh, Europe, two Game Boy versions of Mystical Ninja starring Goemon were released, and one was a standalone game, and one was, I guess, part of a Konami uh, Game Boy collection. But this game um, is, like you already described it, um, which is it's a it's a side-scrolling... Uh, is it a side-scrolling like, beat-em-up with RPG elements, sort of? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you have some very, very light RPG elements in yeah. that like there are like, I guess, items that you would collect that like mm-hmm. make you run faster or make your attack go a little further. Oh, cool. Um, but like it kind of oscillates between this kind of three quarters side scrolling thing, like when you're in because like, you're like basically two ninja that are like in uh, feudal Japan is kind of yeah. the era of it. Like uh, you're, it's it's like. I think it was, it refers to it as Edo or whatever. And um, like pre Tokyo, Tokyo. Huh. And like you, 
it's strange because like there are also levels where it becomes like flat and so it's very side scrollery versus yes. like kind of like the top down where you can like move towards a building at the top or move to the bottom of the street right. um but it's it's just a very silly like lighthearted kind of thing but but brings in like very cool japanese kind of folklore creatures to fight and or fight alongside you um it's it's so fun and it, and it also is like it's it's so strange to see like whatever that sweet spot of like popular enough to be a full-blown series in japan yes but only so popular that a few things get ported over <laughs> to the united states Yes, the the constant struggle of uh, us poor American gamers not getting all the stuff we want. Kind of like I feel like what used to happen with a lot more JRPGs as well. Um, But – and I think there's also some – from what I was gathering from this game, there are like mini games of real games you can play. Like I think there's like a Gradius uh, like sort of shmup shooter I think play. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, like we, I, I'll, I will say we were always pretty bad overall <laughs> at the game. I think, yeah. or just like impatient in the way that kids are impatient. So like, you just kind of can easily just die too easily. Yeah. Like it was just kind of hard to beat. And to that end, uh, we used the game Genie for it. You know, oh, we nice. we had to do infinite lives, or we couldn't beat the game, and yeah. it still felt hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, um, feels like we've at least you know laid the foundation to sort of get into your experience with this game. Mm-hmm. You already sort of have given us a preview too, which this is a friend that uh, this is a game that your friend Zach had on the Super mm-hmm. Nintendo. Um, so I guess when uh, the first question I have is when you think about this game. Um, is what stands out about the game itself, I guess, um, like when you're thinking about the gameplay or like any mm-hmm. visions you have from playing it back in the day? Well, I remember it feeling, uh, like it was a satisfying gameplay. Like it did, like sometimes you play, remember games like this and the, uh, they weren't that good in terms sure. of mechanics or like certain things weren't really flowing very well. Um, I, I remember feeling like I really thought these characters felt very like clear and fun. Like Goemon is kind of, you know, you're like Link slash Mario kind uh-huh. of, you know, anime protagonist. And then the second player who's, I don't even remember the name, honestly, uh-huh. <laughs> is this like um, older ninja that has like, you know, deep Luigi energy. Um <laughs> And you like, you throw like, you throw like a yo-yo at people or something like that. And I was always player two for some reason. Uh, I think it's, it's not my house, you know. Oh, uh, uh, I know the not my house rules. Yeah. <laughs> probably because I would assume Zach, uh, mm-hmm. this is speculating I don't need to do. Yeah, but yeah. Zach being the younger brother was probably always player two. So it was like his This chance. is his opportunity to be yeah, player I'm, one. I'm just imprinting my friendship onto yours. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. And I think it was like. I think it had very satisfying sound design, like kind of like cool music and like yeah. um, there's just kind of like clunk to every hit that was very satisfying. Um, yeah. And I just love like, you know, my dad's from Japan. I love the Japanese like feudal aesthetic in this. Yeah. I, I, I'm i trying to think if there's anything else. There's like a lot of like cool little like, you know, going back to the folklore, there's like bad guys that are weird ghosts and things and demons uh-huh. and then. <laughs> with those like crazy masks and stuff. And uh, I just felt like all the boss fights were really satisfying in Ooh. terms of mechanics. That's great. 
Uh, you find like a big lantern that has little lanterns on it and like <laughs> you have to climb it as you're, it's like you're climbing a Christmas tree fighting the lights is probably the best comparison. Oh, I, th- uh, I think I saw, if I didn't see this, I saw something similar where you're climbing something in the game, even like with the way that it, it, for a Super Nintendo game was very impressive to me because you're on this sort of spinning pillar and there mm-hmm. are these platforms that spin around and they're sort of disappearing behind it. Just the way it was, yeah. the graphics were done was really cool. It just is like, I think it's just a very well thought out aesthetic that like, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm with, you know, the, with time, am I giving it too kind of polished of a, of a, you know, like imagining it too well. But like, I just remember feeling like it's just like really hits on all levels. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to make that distinction, but the only way to find out is to play it again someday. Um, yeah. Yeah. so, uh, but at least from the visuals, what I've seen online looks and sounds, uh, great. Um, mm-hmm. there seems to be a lot of, uh, of like, it seems very comical. Uh, and there's like a lot of funny elements to the game from the way they like are doing dialogue to like the camera angles mm-hmm. that they'll have on the animation. And as doing research for the game, I was just, May or, you may or may not remember, but you know, knowing you to be a, a, a an absolutely hilarious comedian and someone with a really uh, like distinct humor, I was watching this and I was like, well, I wonder if this was fun, formative, for you. yeah, yeah, because yeah, it is like very like kind of silly and like kind of like uh, th- there are like weird comedic beats in, in the way that you know, like in Mario, like when it's like you knock the castle down and there's like yeah. a little like Luigi or not Luigi, uh, Yoshi egg comes out, or you know, there's always like little gags everywhere in the same way. Uh, a lot of little like cats. Um, you, you, I think you like hop on planes for some reason at some point, even <laughs> though that it's this like. But it's like, you when you go to a planes, you go to like a weird sterile airport, even though it's like this like Edo like looking uh, vibe. It's wow. fun. It's just it just doesn't take itself too seriously. That's great. Um, well, as far as um, you know, if your experience, we've gotten to get into like how you played it and you playing it with with your friend Zach. Is there anything like do you remember where the TV was set up there with the with the console? Do you remember the room? Is oh that, wow. That's I would that's love a good to question. Get a little scene painting if you remember anything like that. So Zach lived I'm uh yeah, like they had like a very cool downstairs that was like parents don't give a shit about this area, but like oh, yeah. you know, carpeted basement. They had a pool table. They had like one of those over pool table lights that's oh, like yeah. a big Budweiser thing that had like you know like <laughs> you know repurposed from like a bar or something yeah. but uh beyond that they just had like not like a huge TV, just like a little little tv set yeah. up in this basement area with like their consoles and stuff and um we would usually play down there sometimes there was like eventually as we got older there was a tv in their bedroom mm. like him and his brother had shared a bedroom and like uh, but like we were usually downstairs in this basement playing it and it was like I think you know I don't think you could save is like this, this is the era oh, of like you yeah. can't save your progress and so like it was like if I come over on a Saturday we're trying to beat the game before my mom picks me up yes and, and that's got a, you got a clock like a countdown timer basically yeah and we and we would literally you, you gotta get the game genies stuck in there and then you gotta get like the game genie book and like look yep. up the password and take like fucking 30 minutes to put in the passwords <laughs> and then then you're off to the races yeah oh that's great I I love 
love hearing about a good like childhood basement where oh, games God. live. Oh, it's I, I didn't it. have one, but I like my. I, so uh, also, where are you from? The South? Where are you? Yeah, from? I'm from Alabama, from Birmingham, and so yeah, we're just. He also had like a crazy backyard, and that like down the hill from his house, there's like a creek, and like apparently at one point there were like otters back there. Um, <laughs> but so it's just like kind of this like magical era of life where you're just like you know you're stupid little kid running around in a uh, backyard yeah. playing, you know, if not actual otters, pretending there were otters down there. Yes. Maybe it was um, the era of kid where like these people just lie and you're like, that's real. Yeah. I take that for fact. Uh, I was just sort of curious as, because I thought I knew you were from there and I wasn't sure how common basements were like mm-hmm. Northern pretty common Col- back there. Pretty yeah. common. My yeah. family is mostly from uh, the St. Louis, Missouri area. Okay. And basements are a lot more common back there. But for whatever reason, like where I grew up, a basement was a rare special thing. Mm. So I yeah. sort of – I might uh, hold them in a little too high of a regard <laughs> as something that's so fantastic. So I I love hearing about that. Um, what do you – you know, as far as, you know, playing with Zach, um, outside of what you shared already, uh, is there anything that stands out to you about when you would play together or that experience, even if it's not about this game? Gosh, I mean like – he had a few older brothers, a, fu- a funny detail that, you know, just trying to imagine the basement. I just thought of this a little late yeah. was that he, his oldest brother, one of his older brothers, Jason was like in high school when we were little. And so uh-huh. he was like much older. Um, his room was down there. Oh. And so like, he was like, also like the, he had a laser disc player Whoa, and that, okay. and that was like his, like, he had his, like sh- his shit set up and like, w- like a rare occasion we got to like watch his laser disc in his room and it's like you know truly a cd that is the size of a record <laughs> that half a movie's on one side half is on the other and we watched he had mortal Kombat, the original oh, mortal Kombat, yes. and and jurassic park and so that was like you know you're so used to vhs's and you felt like you were like in a fucking movie theater when you're yeah. when he like let us play in, in there um i love yeah. that detail I just, you know, we, we went to the, we were best friends because we went to the same church in Alabama and like our, our church was like this weird one that had like, you know, it was mostly old people and then a very (laughs) small youth group. Yeah. And that's where we met and became best friends at. But, um, you know, we, we like all often were dragged to church camps and things like yes. that. And and then would be like talking about video games at a church camp because we couldn't play them. Oh my, Zach, this is just so specifically similar to my relationship with my best friend growing up. That is who so I had funny, on yeah. for like episode like 10 to be talked about Star Fox 64. His name is Eddie. He's the- played, uh, sorry, That's that's a game. That's a, a good one. Yeah, Pretty good game. Uh, he's pat- the patented best friend of the show who gets, I think has been brought up on it a quarter of the episodes, if not more. <laughs> but like even just you talking about, because we were church friends too. Uh, we went to summer camps and we would do that same thing. Uh, yeah. Again, love making the show about myself. Um, when he first told me <laughs> about what Pokemon was, we were- yeah. Our parents would sing, or my my mom and his parents sang in the same church choir, and we would just have to like be around. Like we would just, they would be doing their practice at the church, and we'd be like playing around the churchyard or in some gym. And I remember him telling me about Pokemon. He's like, "All right, we're gonna play like role play Pokemon." 
Um, <laughs> even though we probably didn't know the word at the time. Yeah. He's like, I'll be Ash and you be this this bird Pokemon called Pidgeotto. <laughs> and he he's reminded me of this where like, I guess we started playing and I was like, oh, let's go over there as Pidgeotto. And he was like, hey, no, actually you can't say anything. You have to say your name. <laughs> so like it goes really uh, deep with this specific uh, friendship. So I'm just really tickled that it's so Sorry, similar. dude, you're a bird. You yeah. can't do that. You, you haven't played this and, game uh, yet. You yeah. have to trust me. You're a bird and you can't talk. Yeah, true. <laughs> it does sound like a thing that an older brother would make up to just terrorize a, a kid. God. Gosh, that's funny. Um, uh, that, so anyway, you, I was, was you saying struck. a friend who, who told you about Pokemon yeah. reminds me of like one of my other best friends, Sam West, when we were playing as a kid, like he would, um, he had another older brother, like he was, the, his family was the one that got me into the, the PlayStation uh, hacks. Nice. Um, but like, I remember when he told me about Pokemon, we had played Final Fantasy VII at that point, which was my first RPG with like, you know, wow. you have like his, when he talked about Pokemon, he was like, it's amazing. It's just like Final Fantasy. You have <laughs> HP. And I was like, you got <laughs> HP. This is huge. And just like, I can't wait. You yeah. know, like that being the selling point is so sad. <laughs> really? Like, and just HP of all things, like hit points that. What? It's turn kids. based. Yeah. <laughs> they got moves. Uh, <laughs> that is, that is really funny. Um so anyway, I interrupted you, but you were in the middle of just talking about how you were friends and um I think uh just being church friends and getting dragged to church camps and playing yeah. video games. Doing a lot of that. I um Yeah, that that was like, you know, we were often in this situation that I think a lot of kids are that age where it's like you play for video games until a parent is like, hey, you guys, we were just realized that you've been playing video games this whole time. Go outside. And you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. And you have to like be outside in fucking Alabama heat, just like, oh gosh, sweating your ass off as a little kid, getting bit by mosquitoes. Suck. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. That's great. Um, I, I feel like we've gotten to, uh, to chat about a, a lot of, both the game and, and then, you know, your experience with your friend and, and playing this. Um, before we wrap up, uh, and I will wrap us up, I promise. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to wanted to ask, is there any other details about, like, the game or, like, your experience with, with, your, with your friend Zach or anything like that that you haven't gotten to bring up that you were thinking about? Gosh, I think that there's like a really satisfying, like the, the game builds really well. Like you, mm -hmm. you get power ups and you get to a certain point where like you're on this like last level. It's like chaos. There's like a bunch of like harder ninjas to fight that are just like the regular bosses at this point. And like the, the music picks up. It's got this kind of like ja old kind of Japanese drum feeling thing uh, going on. Um, and you hit the, like you hit a certain level where like you get these power ups that like let you ride like a magic like i think the box art shows him riding a tiger it does but like yeah like this player two you're on like an elephant i think and it's like you get this part where you're like we're fucking gods and we're fighting this like <laughs> i don't know whatever demon or something uh and just how fun and satisfying that was and like there are times where we didn't beat it and there were times where we beat it and like i just thought of it as like the quintessential perfect video game experience as like a little kid just trying to play a game with your best bud. And I, I, I you know, if you, if you are out there and want a good couch co-op game, I don't even know how, maybe you can get an emulator of it or something. Yeah. This, this game fucking rules. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, and I was going to, the next question I was going to ask you, you already wrapped it up for us and you sort of put mm-hmm. a bow on, you know, this game and what it meant to you. So, um, we've got some fun post-show segments to do briefly, yeah. but thank you so much for coming on to talk about your experience with that. It was really fun hearing from you and also selfishly satisfying to be like, Oh, we have that in common. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I love talking about it. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, before we wrap up, I will lead us into the, uh, post-show segments. Um, the first of, we've got two of them. The first okay. of which is the fact me by your game segment. And that's, Ooh. That's just where I share uh, fun facts with my guest uh, about the game that they have brought on uh, today. So the, I only have one that I wanted to bring up, but it was it was really cool and interesting. Um, and that is that this Goemon in the game, in the series, is loosely based on a historical Goemon. I don't know hmm. if you... It's a, person by that name i don't know if you were aware of this oh i i don't think i was yeah that makes sense i think i mean that they would be pulling from something but i never thought about it yeah so basically there's a there's a whole wikipedia article about this real person in history named ishikawa goemon Mm -hmm. and who this person was i i guess he lived from uh, he was born august 24th and 1558 so like going on uh 500 years ago <laughs> okay um, wow and uh, i guess passed away october 8th uh 1594 Aww. um yes yeah, it's, it's not shame. around anymore it's a bummer <laughs> um but this person was a legendary japanese outlaw hero who stole gold and other valuables to give to the poor this is like a robin hood fucking figure. japanese robin hood i love yes. it uh let, we need more about this character this is a fertile bed here um i guess this is this is really depressing and sad but he and his son well they would do this together i guess that uh they were both boiled alive in public after they had a failed assassination attempt on the sengoku period warlord named toyotomi hideyoshi um but i guess his legend lives on in uh contemporary japanese pop culture holy shit that is fucking hardcore yeah it's Um, nuts wow in fact the um the like image in the art of him that I'm seeing, it seems like very traditional. Uh, it'll it'll probably look familiar to you, is I guess what I'm trying okay. to say. Um, if not specifically this guy, like this st- art style that was very popular. Um, and I'm like I'm seeing here, it's based on an 1863 painting uh, by an artist. Um, anyway, I had would not have guessed that it was based on anything, let alone this like Japanese Robin Hood. Uh, absolutely incredible um, yeah it, it, that like it's just all this stuff lends itself to this sort of like alternate reality kind of thing of like yeah i mean it's a different country but like there are so many similar kind of feeling things like yeah yeah it's fun it is um that was the only fact i brought on for us today so that'll finish that segment and wow. i'll lead us uh, i'll lead us into the final one the game recommendations segment now Zach, this is the part on the show where I, you know, force a tie-in to the movie Call Me mm. By Your Name, of which <laughs> this show is affectionately named, uh, sort of Beautiful. named after. Um, and what I'm going to do here with these three game recommendations is I am treating uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja as your passionate summer love that you have <laughs> just an absolute fire fling with. But wow. like in the movie, uh, you are eventually going to move on and you'll probably find new romantic partners i'm gonna stare in this uh, for our audio only (laughs) 
staring this fireplace behind me uh, uh, that is fake. That, that is so perfectly placed now. Uh, even if I asked you about it before the show, that's I didn't even think about it until we got here. Um, so, uh, yeah, so basically I'm going to treat these three recommendations uh, as possible new flings for you that all okay. have some sort of uh, similarity with the game you brought on today. I but love are it. Not the exact same. So um, the first game that I will offer up to you is if you like full experience mini games in mm. your full game, kind of like we were talking about with Gradius, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll recommend to you Animal Crossing for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, oh. Did you ever play the original one? I My friend, that was another one. My buddy Alex Couch had it and I would, you know, was aware of it. But, d- yeah. you know, like that, there's a lot going on there that you don't see when you just come over once. I was like, totally. oh, he has a house now or whatever. Uh, so there's a game within that game. So not only is there a game, but like in the OG, I don't remember what the mechanic was or it might have something to do with e-reader cards they had on the GBA that oh. you could connect to your system. But you could play full NES games and just like have a little NES console in your little house and just turn on like The Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, uh, and a handful of others as well. That's so fun. They yeah. should. It should always be like that. So shouldn't it? But then Nintendo was probably like, hmm, we could make more money if we just charged people for this or put this on a service and not in Animal Crossing. <sighs> There's my my cynic is coming out, but so that is the first recommendation. Animal Crossing for the GameCube. And the second one is, if you want another samurai-esque game close to the aesthetic of the real Goemon, which we just talked about, I'll recommend to you a game for the uh, the NES and the Famicom titled The Mysterious Murasame Castle. I'm not sure if you're aware of this Ooh. one. Um, Murasame, Murasame, I think, is like a sword, if I'm not, correct, uh, not mistaken. Uh, it makes sense because there is... This the character does have a sword, and you're it's sort of like a samurai, like an NES era samurai game where you it's I think it's just an action game where you're running around. It's it's available on I think the old virtual consoles now. Um, but yeah, so if you want to take this back a generation to the NES, that'll be the game for you. Um, I think there was, I think I know that name because I think there's like a folklore. Um, like I think it's like Masamun and uh, Murasam are like two different swords, and it's like one can cut, like they like when they were like the the old story is like one can cut through leaves and one makes the leaf go around it or something like oh, that, wow. and they're like these like kind of twin swords or something. That's... I I'm probably butchering that, but the it's it's a one is like demonic in nature, one is like yeah. not. I, um, but that that sounds familiar. Speaking of the Masa Moon or Masa Mune, uh, yeah. you, I might be remembering incorrectly, but I just finished Chrono Trigger for the first time, and and they're in that right. They are, and that's a sword that Frog gets. Yeah, the Frog uh, fucking rules. I, I so good. I, I that one of my favorite. Um, I I love doing the like cross attack with the yes. Frog and the main character. Oh, I forget what his, his name is. Uh, I think just Chrono. Yeah, but. Of course. Uh, so good. Um, and I have one final recommendation for you. Now, Zach, mm-hmm. if one ninja is not enough, or two if you're playing co-op, okay. but you demand three ninjas in your game, oh, okay. I recommend for you three ninjas kick back for the Super Nintendo. 
Oh, I can't believe they had a game. I had no idea. I looked it up because I was like, please, because I always try to think of a, a goofy one for the last wreck. <laughs> and I was like, please be it. There be a three ninjas game. And sure enough, there is. And I don't know if it's good or not. But... You know, similarly, a game that I had for Game Gear, yeah. Surf Ninjas. Oh, wow. If you ever saw that movie. I Very, definitely did. It was a similar era. Just like, I don't know if it barely has anything to do with that game. It probably was a horrible game, but I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> yes, uh, I love that. Well, to wrap up your recommendations for you, we have Animal Crossing on the GameCube, the mysterious Murasame Castle for the NES and the Famicom, and then Three Ninjas Kickback for the Super Nintendo Yes, based on the movie. Um, that'll do it for the game recommendations. And Zach, that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. Um, so before we go and plug everything again, thanks for coming on. This was so much fun to sit down and talk to you about video oh, games man. for a while. This was absolutely a blast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, on our way out, what do you want to plug? Even if it's things you've already plugged, where can people check you out or support you? Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I guess I'll plug. I will plug home economics the show. I've been writing for it's uh, the third season's airing now. And, uh, on Wednesdays, I believe. Um, hopefully that's right. I should know that. <laughs> is it, um, it's is it's it on Hulu, Hulu as well. Okay, so it's cool. like airs on ABC and then it's on Hulu after, awesome. I think. So check it out on either of those. And uh, I guess things that I'm doing right now is like I've, I've recently done a couple of D&D episodes of uh, uh, I, I my friend's podcast, Nad Pod, not another D&D podcast. It's, I think the following... Uh, the character I played on that Mavericks on, on this like kind of continuing side journey, like weird, uh, thing with his buds that are all terrible. And, um, <laughs> it's been very fun. I think, I believe that's on their Patreon. It's a Patreon exclusive cool. for them. So, uh, but yeah, those are the two things I'm going right now. Um, thanks. Thanks for letting me plug stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'll put those links. And if there's, if you want me to put your, any social media stuff in the show notes, mm-hmm. I can just like tag, uh, tag your socials if you want. Um, cool. but yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, close this out with some plugs of my own. Amazing. All right. So the call me by your game show art is done by Glenn J. You can find Glenn and his other wonderful work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's. Dot J-A-Y. Uh, the show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can give him a little thank you by checking out his show, Video Games, a Comedy Show, which we should try to get you on at some point. Oh, it's, yeah. It's an absolute, Sounds great. It's just like a group panel show. Sometimes we do stuff where it's like sort of high concept, like the roast of Mario, where different <laughs> Mario characters come on and do a roast. Or, oh, funny. Or it's us drafting our favorite like games for a console in sort of a desert island fantasy football Ooh, thing. that's fun. Yeah, so, yeah. So, listener, be sure to check out Video Games, a comedy show, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And then lastly, like I said earlier, check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And we not only have the Donkey Kong Games Club going on right now at that $10 DJ Toad tier, but monthly I do a group episode version of the show called the Co-op Series. Uh, Mm. The most recent one we released was on Chrono Trigger. actually came out uh, a couple weeks before this is going to come out. Nice. Uh, And then coming up for uh, the month of October, I've decided I'm going to play through The Return of Monkey Island uh, and see who I can get to talk about that. Um, 
So there's a lot of fun stuff on uh, on the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash supernpcradio. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game, and we will see you on the next one.